0: This is the Employee to Entrepreneur podcast, the podcast for the family man who's looking to escape the rat race. So if that's you, you're in the right place. I made this show for you because I am you. I'm your host, Brendan Ryan. And today I'm joined by Newman, the sales coach, who hails all the way from Pakistan and is doing some really cool things entrepreneurially if that's a word, (laughs) Um, and even collaborated with one of our previous guests on the show, CJ The Closer. And today we answer the question of the changing landscape of sales and the opportunity that exists for people to break into it and to be able to use it as a launchpad into entrepreneurship, even if you have a family. All the way from Pakistan. You're my first guy from Pakistan on the podcast. So I'm I'm loving I'm I'm probably gonna have to get like a a map and like dot off all the countries that we've been able to have on the podcast so far. So this is awesome. But I saw that you had uh, a six month old uh, boy, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a six month old boy. So beautiful.
0: Nice. How's the family life treating you? How's the adjustment been to going into fatherhood?
1: It's, uh, it's a hundred percent change, man. I mean, um, uh, when I was not father, uh, when, um, and, uh, we were just married, the life was totally different. Just like you're in a relationship and living with somebody, you know, but when, Mm -hmm. um, when you become a father, um, it's, it's a totally different, like that kid is your motivation. Right. And, uh, like he's just six months old and I already have some plans for him. So uh there, he would go for the school. Where he would, you know, like I know it's like uh, I need for three, four more years for that. <laughs> but then again, everything is already in my mind, and my life has totally changed. It's it's totally like mm-hmm. I'm a more responsible person now.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that makes sense to me too, from an entrepreneurial mindset, Um, being a dreamer like that and thinking of like all the plans that you have, the vision that you have for, for even your kid. But um, yeah, I mean, I would imagine that would have to be like carefully balanced with their own plans for their life eventually anyway. Right. When they're, when they're young, you know, you do everything for them, but yeah, that's cool, man. Congrats on that. So you, you're in sales. It looks like you've been doing some really cool stuff. I've seen that you even kind of collaborated a little bit with CJ, the closer, who is somebody that we had on the podcast a few episodes back. And yeah. I was looking what at your, your Instagram brain, yeah. profile. Is he? Okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah CJ's a great. Um, it looked like um, you guys were talking about objection handling, right?
1: Absolutely, yes
0: probably among a whole bunch of other topics but so let's let's talk objection handling actually um is that something that you you um you would say that you're uh you're an expert on
1: um i would say like in um overall life um like daily life if uh you talk about objection and handling everybody is uh you know uh expert on objection handling, like in some way we are handling any objection in life. Mm -hmm. So we just have to like come up with a mindset on the sales call when we are selling anything, uh, that I am going to actually do uh, objection prevention, you know, and uh, pre-qualify objection and then handle it. So it's more like a more human to human conversation rather than so much objection handling expert or, um, you know you know go in a fight mode where you handle objection uh, with a sword in your hand, you know what I mean
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely it's not very adversarial it's not you know going toe to toe with the prospect it's more yeah it's more a about prevention but also about um kind of becoming a problem solver for them right
1: absolutely I mean um when we uh talk about objection handling it's more like knowing why objection came up first, right? What made they say that? Um, and, uh, why are they saying this? Like, is this a real objection or there could be anything else? Uh, and, uh, like back in the days of, when um, I was a kid, just came, came into sales and I was actually trying different old school stuff. And I realized that, uh, I was just looting, losing a lot of money on the table. And, um, by learning the right skills uh, to know when we actually talk about it, that's that's where the solution is.
0: Absolutely, absolutely for sure. I like to have a, kind of a systematized way that I deal with um, objections—a framework, if you will. I think a lot of new people in sales will will get hung up on like memorizing word tracks. Like if they say this, then you say that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Yeah which I, I think personally is a, a common newbie mistake rather than trying to understand, um, yes. how to deal with it, the overall framework, if you will, like a system, uh, because everybody's different, right? Like you're going to get objections that you've never heard before. So yeah. understanding I think is, is really key. But so tell you mentioned, you know, when you first got into sales, can you tell us a little bit about that journey? How did you find yourself in sales and, um, what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, of course, hundred percent. And, uh, I know uh, it's a long story, but I'm just gonna compress it for you so it's it's been a beautiful journey, I would say, with a lot of hardships, a lot of stuff happened in the life that actually dragged me here to uh, sales. uh That means like I was a kid, there was no food at home, there was nothing available, and I went out like I was like twelve years old that time, and uh, my father was sick, my mom was not working. And there was literally no uh, food on the table for the younger brothers and sisters. So I just went outside, start, started selling something, you know, um, not going in much detail. How does that happen? And what was the whole scenario? But in 12 uh, uh, years of age, I went out in the streets and started selling, uh, knocking wow. the doors and doing stuff like that. I was 14 then I realized that when people told me, hey, you speak well English, why don't you work with international clients? Uh, there are um, companies who are actually dealing with, uh, you know, out of the country um, clients, B2B, B2C. Uh, you can literally mm-hmm. talk to them on the phone and you can actually make some sales and a good amount of money in um, different currencies. And I was like, uh, that's, that's actually a great idea. I joined a company as an appointment setter, uh, was under training, closed two, three sales, and they put me uh, on the closer and that was a never stop um, and never ending journey until now. Since then, I just removed um, a big head of gear and uh, just veering this hat, <laughs> you know, this hand freeze. So that that's what I'm wearing from like last 13, 14 years now. And uh, uh, worked on in different industries like business to business uh, and um, business to consumers, door to door and start like started selling from ADT home security alarm system. And, uh, so like, uh, $30,000 worth of, uh, offers as well. So, yeah,
0: nice. So it sounds like you've been in sales. Did you say for 13 or 14 years?
1: Yeah. Like it's, uh, 2009 wow. when I officially, uh, yeah. ve- started wearing the headphones.
0: Have you noticed that the industry has changed in that amount of time? Have you noticed, like, the the typical, like, recommendations and best practices have changed at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the the answer to this question is right at your back, on your wall. So uh, if you say, uh, like, the industry changed from an employee to entrepreneurship more. So, I mean, uh, I would say, like, um, like the vice people who they are in the game for for a bit longer time they are not gonna uh, work um, on base salary plus commission you know what I mean so they uh, they get paid less they know the drill they know how much money they are making for people and now they know even the business owners knows there was a time brandon when we were getting paid like a fixed salary plus, Uh, $30 or $20 per sale, right? And we were making millions for the companies, right? If you remember, if you've been around. So uh, we were making millions and there was no track record for that. That was the beautiful thing as well. There was no track record for that. And um, even I, uh, like uh, when I started online, um, I went to a company I used to work for and I asked them my track record and they were like, they don't keep it. I don't we don't have it. Or, and uh, they were not willing to give the track record. So I realized mm-hmm. that I mean this is so much change now from being an employee on a base salary working nine to five, maybe ten, twelve hours, and um having a salary plus small amount of commission. And um the change is you're an independent contractor and you're a business owner now. Uh, at the, the, yeah. And that, you have a freedom. You you spend more time with your family, with your s- kids, because I love my son Usher so much. So uh, I I really want to stay around. I literally go downstairs like uh, every uh, hour or two to see him, uh, to hug and kiss my wife and my son. You know, so so I can That's actually awesome. uh, see them. My mom is downstairs. My dad is there. So, I mean, th- that's that's the change, I would say, for the people who actually have experience. Of course, newbies are still facing a lot of things, but um, they are learning so fast as well.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a really good point, man. I'm so glad that you made that. I've never thought about that, but I appreciate you like making the connection with the name of the podcast and everything. But that's so true. Is it seems like in the past, there used to be a lot more W2 type yeah. Um, salespeople, and now it's more of a ten ninety nine thing, or even yeah. people that, like you mentioned, like have their own business. Like, say if for instance, CJ the closer has his own business, where it's more of a con- consulting type yeah. business, where he comes in and helps people fix their sales process and everything.
1: Yeah, that's I what, that's what that's I do as, as well. Like same. uh we like we have me and CJ. Why I we connect more with each other? Why we became friends Because because we are doing the same stuff. So I'll uh, be help other people's, I just did a master class. Um, and I know you, uh, like if you, you've been following the stories on Instagram, so that thing, and, um, uh, what the conversation I had with CJ, that was so much similar. So, I mean, that was a big, mm-hmm. that's a big change for any employee who was working for somebody, uh, like 10 hours, 12 hours driving for one hour, um, and driving back home one hour. No time for the family. No time for the kids. No time for the parents or friends. And they are independent contractor. They that they schedule their own time. They they're training people. They're sharing and giving back, giving it back to the community. Right, the, which is amazing, Brandon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the main reasons why I really like it, at least in its current form, for family life. Right, because you can control your own schedule like that, and especially when Absolutely. we're connected. Um, you know, all over the world, you could conceivably sell in different time zones. Right. So, for instance, like I'm here in the United States, but if I wanted to, I could work really early hours and just sell like in Europe or Eastern Europe or something like that and just have the whole rest of the day off. You know, and I—I um, don't, I don't think people are are privy to this information. Like they're not really taking advantage of it yet. But th- that's the way that things are going. Yeah. Like it, we, like we said, this—the internet has made all of this possible, and I think that it's—it's uh—it's great. Like it's really good for. Like you were saying, family life, like you go downstairs because you're working remotely, you hug and kiss your kid. Yeah. Um, I try to, try to do the same. In fact, before we hopped on this episode, I went out there and was hi- hanging out with the kids for a little bit. So I, I'm right there yeah. with you, man.
1: So I was actually talking to a customer, uh, a prospect, actually, yeah. and uh, he was like, uh, I want to make this much money. I said, why? Why do you want to make this much money? Uh, he said, so I can spend time with my son. And I was like, why do you want to spend some time with your son? This is stupid, right? Because uh, the, I know that they are, um, we all are working for the kids and the family, right? But I asked this question uh, without fearing of losing the sale. And guess what he said? Uh, we literally both, uh, I got emotional, honestly, uh, in, in this, uh, on his answer. He said, I was a kid and my dad was in military. He was never around in any game. He was never around when I got bullied in the school. He was never around when I got assaulted physically uh, uh, as uh, in my college and school life, right? And um, now I am like 40 years old and he came back when I was like 25, 26. All I know is he's my biological father. And um, this is something I don't want from my son. So- are you seeing the difference why he wants to work from home and uh, why he want to learn these right skills uh, so he can spend more time at home? That's the change, employee to entrepreneur. And uh, that's, that's, that's something um, I really resonated with this podcast when you actually asked about it. So this story was in my head and I really wanted to share with you and the other people who are listening right now.
0: Yeah, man, that's a great story. That's a ballsy question too, like you were saying, because it's like, what do you mean? Why do I want to spend more time with my kid? Right. But that it reminds me of that concept of the five whys where you kind of like keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper, like to what really makes people tick and sales. It's been said that people buy with emotion and justify with logic. Like you, you digging deeper there, you know, might have seemed kind of risky especially if you haven't don't have good rapport with the prospect but you must have for him to give you that answer because that's that's a really personal answer but it's a beautiful story it makes makes total sense you know and something i think that a lot of people can relate to maybe not quite everybody but like it, it seems like it would hit home for everybody or at least could understand on some level so yeah that's a fire story man thank you for sharing that Thank you. So I've seen you um, doing some pretty cool stuff. Like you, you were talking to multi-million dollar companies. I assume helping them with their sales process, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: How did you so, find yourself in that position?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean that was that was really amazing because um, the city I'm living in right now, uh, all these big 500 fortune companies they know there is uh, there's a guy with the name of uh Numan Saib. uh he's a sales rap sales trainer and um he actually helps people to make more sales right meanwhile he's making more sal- sales for himself and his family as well so um i was actually just uh just like uh, we got connected uh from 1000 miles of the world so in the same city somebody actually approached me and uh, asked me for the consultation. And, um, the, and I actually, uh, was uh, watching Jeremy Miner's, uh, training at that time. Uh, and, um, when they actually messaged and he was telling that story, how he closed Google uh, on the very first time when, when he didn't have any business. So I started talking to them and they said, uh, they want to jump on a zoom call. And I was like, okay, I I hopped on a call with them and I asked them what their pain points are, what exactly they are facing right now. So they were, there was actually a crooking and a dispatch company in USA uh, at the back office is here. And uh, they're uh, actually, their whole uh, team is here and they're uh, taking care of sales part here. It was like the whole cold calling and stuff. And uh, I know how to knock the door. I know uh, how to make a cold call. And I know how to actually talk to people when they literally don't know who you are, right? So that was actually a great experience. Shared my own story with them uh, and uh, spoke with them. And I learned one thing from there. It's not necessary that if you you think I know something and everybody uh, knows that too already. So this is a misconception. Sometimes you know one thing and the other person don't know it. So uh, I, I went there, whatever I shared with them, that was very pretty common, basic things for me because I've been in sales from last 13 years. And for them, it was, it was a lot of information. And they said they, they want to schedule an other meeting now to cover the rest of the things because it's already overwhelming, right? So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great experience for me to speaking um, in a, a multimillionaire company uh, as a, you know, sales trainer.
0: Yeah, there was a, man, I was trying, when you said that, but idea that it's, there's actually a bias about that. It's called, it's, I can't remember the name of the bias, but there's that idea of when you know something, you know, it really well, you actually kind of assume that a lot of people know more than they do. Just like you were explaining, like you've been in sales so long to you, it was very basic information, but to them, it's like mind blowing stuff. there was a great book on that too. I I know it's by the authors that did Made to Stick, but it it reminded me of that because that's something I also struggle with quite a bit, like in in every area of my life, like any area that like I know a lot about, I end up assuming that people know more than they do. And that makes it hard to be a good teacher, you know, because you have to, you have to assume that they know nothing. Like you're starting with at ground zero, like nothing, and then build it up from there. But that's a, that's a bias that I always have to remind myself of is like this person, if they're not privy to sales, if they're not privy to healthcare or whatever it might be, like you got to start at zero and just assume they know nothing. So that's a, that's a really good point, man. Really good point. But, um, so I see now on your Instagram that you're helping entrepreneurs find high ticket clients. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: yeah for sure 100%. so my more audience is uh more on instagram and facebook. so there i actually i have invested my time of course a lot of dollar signs as well and um working with a coach too to learn the right strategies there we can actually take a beginner just like a freelancer copywriter coaches, consultants, uh, sales reps um, to find clients and actually build a connection with them and actually go ahead and help them to, uh, of course, actually make a sale and help them with their own uh, offer, what they currently have. What does that mean? Let's say I'm a sales trainer and I help coaches, consultants and service providers like freelancers to make like $5,000 within the first 90 days. And for a beginner, it's it's huge, right? It's huge for a beginner. And even if uh, like, the, the, there are people who are making $1,000, $2,000 online uh, while working 9 to 5, they can kick their job off if they start making money, $5,000 a month from home. I just uh, want to share something with you. I have a client uh, based in um, uh, Arab country, uh, in um, UAE, and... Uh, She uh, just made a contract with um, Maserati, and uh, she's working one-on-one with me. Yeah, uh, she—they're dealing in logistics and projects. So she literally did it. And uh, Brandon, why I'm sharing this with you is because um, when we say uh, we don't, uh, we we know stuff, and uh, the other person knows more, and they're overwhelmed. Our job as sales rep even to go ahead and tell them whatever you think is wrong and let's take a start from zero right so you actually go and uh, finish the clutter of their mind and actually go in and work with them so that's exactly uh, there i have a process and a strategy that actually works and help them uh get more clients uh close them effectively without sounding like pushy sleazy salesy. Cheesy, you know, you name a lot of things, and uh, th- that's that's what I do.
0: Absolutely, man, absolutely. And I think I like this this topic too about you know assuming people know more than they do because I think what a side effect of that of that um, bias, if you will, is that people actually will undervalue their own knowledge and expertise a lot of times because they assume that other people know. More than they do, and to that point, you know, I think that's a great topic to to get dig into a little bit deeper for this podcast in particular, because I really believe that everybody has their own unique skills, their own unique perspective, their own um, gifts that they can give to the world, and that's why I believe that the world um, will benefit greatly from having more entrepreneurs. And I think we're already seeing that just as a byproduct of the internet age, the information age, but this idea where you you um discount your own skills your own knowledge and expertise because you assume that other people know it it is a roadblock like it's an obstacle that's preventing some people from from valuing valuing themselves as much as they should does that make sense
1: yeah it's it's more like um implementation even if you know less and um uh you know whatever you know just implement it learn from the basics because basics makes advanced right so people are uh, like, I've seen a lot of people, uh, Brandon, who are actually attending different masterclasses, different challenges. Uh, and, uh, every day they're learning new skills without implement, like learning new every day is great, but whatever you are learning, implement it right away. So, uh, th- that makes, uh, like the great offer. I, I just want to give an example, uh, in 2022, I was on a fitness offer and I made like $400,000 for that company uh, for that year, right? It was not a very great offer, but the training module they had was, there was, a, there was a proper method. You follow, you watch one training and on the next part, you have to record whatever you learn. And um, then you have to submit that and then you have to move forward to the next training part, right? So learning and implementation at the same time that makes a huge difference rather than you know um learning a lot a lot a lot and and feeling like i know a lot of uh i i get this objection actually uh a lot uh hey I, I used to work with the coach and they told me each and everything how we can find clients online and how we can close them but we haven't seen any results so yeah and um Uh, When they, when they, when they say this, there are thousands of ways to actually tell them whatever, you know, it's, it could be right, but have you implemented that or not? Right. So, so that, that's, that's what my shot on this. Like, I know um, that there, there, that's, there is a lot of things to talk about this topic. But I would say, even if you know less and you're implementing it, I've seen people making sales after reading some books, right? They have not made a lot of calls like you and me, right? They're so new. They're uh, appointment setting on Instagram, sending some DMs, and they're making like $5,000, $6,000 a month. And I know that uh, those people personally, they're in my contact, right? So, uh, and they're so new. Mm -hmm. uh, They... They watch some YouTube videos. They watch some, you know, so they are actually implementing whatever they're learning rather than just uh, keep showing off. I know more and um, uh, I know a lot of things. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm guilty of. No. Yeah, it makes total sense because I'm guilty of it myself. So I can totally understand Um, with the abundance of information that we find ourselves with with the Internet. Yeah. Um, it can be easy sometimes, especially if you like to learn like I do. I just love learning new things. Right. And so I consume tons of information. And sometimes if I don't actually implement it, it just, it just goes in one ear and right out the other. You know, yes. it's wasted. In other words, you, you have to you have to implement it to, to truly understand it, to truly learn it. You have to actually use it. Otherwise, it's just trivia basically so i think that that's uh, a huge point and i think that's why certain guys like grant cardone for instance will say take massive action take action keep taking action um and with sales like you can read all the books listen to all the podcasts or whatever that you want but if you're not actually making the dials if you're not calling people if you're not talking to prospects you're not going to be good (laughs) period
1: absolutely yeah there is no other way around you just have to pick up the phone and dial. Yeah, uh, And uh, that's the only way yeah. uh, I, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, offers and ads uh, make sales without dialing numbers, without making calls. And uh, I actually laugh what? because <laughs> why they're offering in like thirty nine dollars and ninety nine cents the whole program, uh, because uh, they cannot dial that this is this is uh, out of the comfort zone, you know. You got to like, in order to make is that $10,000 uh, thing, <laughs> you have to dial a lot of numbers every day. So, yeah.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that, that's like uh, them teaching them cold DMs. Because I've heard of some people like just selling completely over text or over DM or something. But that that is, um, I can't imagine honestly doing that. Like, I, I believe that it's possible. Don't get me wrong. However... The, the tonality, the body language and everything that goes into sales is so important that I just can't imagine being able to execute that very well over text or DM, unless it's for like some really low ticket yeah. thing or something like that. Yeah. $7, um, $49. It,
1: but, it, it works. Yeah. But if you're talking about like $1,500, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. a, $1, a $15,000 product or service doing business with you, and you say, uh, hey, can you please send me the picture of your credit card in the text message? <laughs> it's like <Yeah. laughs> it's like a whole other story. I, I really want to tell you uh, one thing. I was uh, talking to one guy in the text messages with a very professional English. And I was like, wow, man. I hopped on a call with them, with that person. And that person was not able to speak anything in English. And he was like, uh, bro, my English is like, just okay. And uh, I can write well, but um, I don't know how to speak well. And I was like, whoa, okay. So this is the best example of something like where the tonality will go, where the mo- like those things will go that actually matters the most when we are actually talking, just like you and me. I think we are speaking very first time live over the phone, right? But the way we are talking to each right. other, is just like we are friends forever right?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I guess I could see that with, you know, somebody using Google Translate or something like that. And to that point, like, I feel like, as a prospect, how could you have any level of trust? Not not to say that, like, just because they can't speak English, I don't trust them necessarily. But I, I would start to think, like, are they even a human at this point? Or am I just, it's just shut chatting with chat GPT or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like (laughs) I I can't trust that. Absolutely. It's some chat bot. Like I, I can't even begin to imagine trusting that. And I think um I've brought this up before, like on the podcast with the the new AI age, right? If you've ever seen Google's voice AI that they yeah. use to like dial companies and book appointments and stuff, it's like super scary because yeah. the tonality is like really good. They, they'll even do really? things like they'll say, mm-hmm, or the pause and like other yeah. things like that. And you're like, wow, you cannot tell the difference between the AI and an actual human. And so I think even phone calls are going to be suspect eventually. But I think even at this point in time, people still do trust DM and text message maybe more than they should, but eventually like it's gonna be like an AI calling everybody, cold calling everybody, making thousands and thousands of dials per day, and you won't have any idea that you're talking to an AI, a robot, in other words. And in other, so, uh, like in the coming only thing five, 70 up, years- At that point will be Zoom. Yeah,
1: in a, uh, like next five, 70 years, you and me will be doing podcasts while sleeping on the Zoom. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's what AI you know, that's is like going a to hologram do. or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Chat GPT will just record your voice. There's already a- AI that does this. That'll, re- if you speak into it long enough, there's a, there's a program called Descript. Yeah. Um, you speak, it, you read like, I don't know, a thousand words or something like that. You speak for an hour into it and it learns your voice so that it can replicate it. Cool. And then it can use that voice for, yeah, like anything you know and so you could see where like this is get it would get super weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? brendan um it could be like you you're deep faking yourself
1: absolutely man i i want to put something on the table right now i was watching a video the other day there was a girl uh that, they took a picture of that girl and um that girl was sitting now and they put it on their face just to show how um for this like for four or five years at least until unless like the common people don't know what ai is do you think somebody uh, in the countryside of texas know what chatgpt is uh living at the farm do they know that no but if they really? if, like no. if they get uh, some weird pictures of their vibe with somebody um, uh, or a video complete video how is going to affect their life and uh at yeah. this time, right at the minute we are talking right now and maybe in a couple of more years until unless everybody uh, like you and me and my grandfather have a cell phone as well now and he understands it's a phone and we talk to people over the phone and video camera and all that stuff. Until unless people are not that much familiarized with this process, it is scary. I mean, uh, for some extent, yeah. so much helpful. But for common people who are not that much uh, educational about it, uh, they they don't know stuff. It's 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 scary for their life, and for the sales reps, for sure, hundred percent. Absolutely, because you're saying like the tonality is perfect, and they will say like, act like Jeremy Minor and talk to this representative uh, to to this prospect. Now you know <laughs> you are making a lot of sales without even spending. Yes. Yeah. A dime into their uh, coaching program
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah man it, yeah any any tech tech like that it seems like the it could be used for good or for bad you know and with that with regards to that like the deep fake stuff 100 percent could be used for some serious extortion or blackmail type issues and i'm surprised that we're not already seeing that um thank god we're not but i'm just surprised but anyway, let's let's pivot a little bit and talk more about like uh, uh, maybe slightly happier subject. Um, so this is something I wanted to talk about when we were talking about education, essentially like learning and implementing um, sales tactics. So are you familiar with Iman Godzi?
1: Yeah, yeah, the digital marketer guy.
0: Yeah. Did you see? Yeah, yeah, excellent marketer XCM, for sure. XCM. Did you see that he's coming out with his own remote sales course?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was uh, watching a video on. Um, uh, YouTube um, and uh, I realized that why uh, he is moving here because he was like a big time digital marketer since he was 18. Right. And he made a lot of money. I, I uh, in the beginning of, like in, yeah. in his early career, I bought one of his sports as well, by the way. So yeah, I remember that. So uh, what's the deal?
0: I just want to get your thoughts on what, so what do you think about that? Because his His audience, by and large, are these young, so some 18 to 25-year-old men that are looking to make internet money. And in the past, as you mentioned, he's been a a digital marketing guy, very good at what he does, kind of pushed the idea of having a a niche digital marketing agency and made that very popular, right? That that was
1: very popular over the last
0: five years or so.
1: Huge contribution.
0: Absolutely. And so now... And so now, I mean, you got you have the the original guys in the the remote sales space, like a Luke Alexander closing yeah. closer cartel. Yeah. Um, it's probably the biggest one right now. But once yeah, Mon cool, enters the space, um, I mean, it just seems like he, that's going to bring a lot more people that maybe not were, were maybe not even aware of remote sales into it before. And so you might have a flood of a lot of 18 to 25-year-old dudes that are, um, quote-unquote, trained by this program, the Mons program, but uh, are otherwise completely unskilled,
1: right? (laughs) Absolutely, not. you see where I'm going with this? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, uh, my take is, (laughs) like, um, have you uh, worked in a company where on the floor there are, like, hundreds of people sitting and making dives? Have you?
0: I haven't personally, no. All my sales experience, nope. All my sales experience has been online.
1: Okay. So I used to work there um, in multimillionaire companies and uh, there were like a big floor, 200 people are sitting, right? 300 people are sitting on the floor, right? And uh, just picking the phone and dialing and dialing and everybody is speaking just like the boiler room movie, um, or just like Wolf of Wall Street, right? That was the same environment I'm talking about. So A lot of people come and go daily. A lot of people don't qualify in the training. A lot of people stay after the probation period. And a lot of people make just the basic salary and uh, they don't make any commission. I've been there. I survived for four Mm -hmm. years there, like made uh, my name on the wall of the fame of the company, uh, my big picture. Uh, used to make good amount of commission every month. Uh, used to make uh, met, like a lot of time cash prizes and uh, employee of the month because of the sales. What? Why I'm saying that? Because if that guy is coming out with um, this program, which is uh, about remote selling, w- what do you think? Like how? Like I know he's gonna make a lot of money because he got audience, right? And he's gonna sell it, but what do you think how many real sale reps he's going to uh you know give it to the community or to the world
0: yeah it'll be just a small percentage of the guys that actually go through the program right
1: yeah i would say like most will be like the serious guys who really want to do something in life or maybe they are married and they have a life and they really, really, really want to do this and they're passionate about it or the people who are already working in sales somewhere in the company for nine to five, you know, maybe six and they're driving for an hour, going and coming back for an hour, you know, maybe they are the best prospects for him. Right at the minute.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. I think maybe I was just reflecting on what you were saying. And I, I've always been drawn to things that require a higher amount of skills, like in terms of just the the things that I'm always interested in. I've always liked that. Even when I was a kid, like I didn't like the video games that there was like a whole, a large luck element to it. I always liked the ones that if you got good at it, you were going to dominate, you know, like there was a high skill game. And so I think with, with sales, that's the same thing, right? Like in a way you could argue that like anybody could do it. And I do believe that anybody could learn sales, even if they think that they're, they would never be good at it. Yeah, um, because I could relate to that. Like in the past, like I, I would have never thought that I wanted to do sales. until so until I started trying it and then I realized that I liked it and then I realized I was getting better at it, et cetera. But, um, but I think that to that point, what you're saying is that a lot of guys will come in and they'll realize that, the, the absolute best guys are the most skilled guys and it takes a while to get there. It takes a lot of hard work to get there. And I think that unfortunately with big programs like Luke Alexander's closer cartel or Iman's program that's coming out, the idea of making 10 K a month yeah. um, working from home with your own schedule and all that kind Taking of stuff is going to you know? And what's not, you're right. And what's not going to be pushed is the amount of work that it takes to get there and the, the amount of skill that you have to develop to get there. And so I, I've heard it said, you know, Jeremy Miner likes to say this all the time is that sales is not a numbers game. It's a skills, it's a game. skills game. Yes, sir. And I think, yeah. And I think that that's hundred percent right. However, in the beginning, it is a numbers game because you have to put in the reps to get good at it. Does that make sense? You have to pay down that ignorance that's, yeah. So you have to like go and just talk to tons of prospects and try to implement what you were learning. And, and so in the beginning, it kind of is when you, when you suck, when you have no skills, it is a numbers game. But once you get good, then it's a skills game. Then you, then you could conceivably take four calls a day or whatever, and make good money, you know, and have the rest of the day free. Um, you know, and you could take those calls from the beach if you wanted to. I mean,
1: yeah, of course, if you know, like <laughs> but, um, uh, how to turn a prospect, like make them to show up on the call and um, how to pre-handle the objection, how to build a report in the discovery. So people actually cry on the phone with you by sharing their personal life. And it, it literally happens. I was on a fitness offer with the, uh, for females, they were overrated. They were, some of them were menopause and after pregnancy, you know, and uh, there was uh, like a lot of these kind of ladies, they literally cried in front of me because of so many reasons. Right. Uh, so it, it, it only happens if they know, like, and trust you. And if they know you in the discovery, like what exactly you're talking about in the, like in the first 30 seconds, and then in the discovery part, they like you, right. And uh, now they trust you to tell you each and everything and they will, of course, hundred percent, they will buy from you as well at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So where can people find you if they want to know more, like say they're a young entrepreneur because there should be some entrepreneurs listening to the show and it sounds like you can help them find I take a clients. So if, people wanted to learn more about you or learn more about your services, where could people find you?
1: Of course. Yeah. So it's my, they can find me on Instagram. They can find me on Facebook. My name is Numan Saeed, N-A-U-M-A-N space S-A-E-E-D. That's the same username. And uh, of course I'm wearing a suit in the picture. (laughs) So I look more professional, but I'm a cool dude guy, honestly. So yeah, I really want to, you know, take more calls from the beach too to wear that, you know, shorts and shirt
0: t shirt yeah. we all, don't we all, man.
1: But
0: I was just in Cabo and I was like, man, it would be nice if I could like make this a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I saw you, you <laughs> in were Cabo, Mexico, like yeah. taking some.
1: that was, that was so cool stuff. Yeah,
0: man, it was great. Yeah, I've
1: been following, yeah.
0: It was great. I want to do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so I'm of the opinion, as you know, as I've told you that sales is the best way to get into entrepreneurship. I, I think it's a gateway drug to entrepreneurship. Would you say that, would you agree with that or no? Uh,
1: what made you say that?
0: The reason I say sales is the the gateway drug to entrepreneurship is for multiple reasons, really. One is because Um, When you when you're starting your own company as an entrepreneur, um, there's so many things that you don't know that you don't know. But when you are in sales, you get to insert yourself into a company, especially online. Nowadays, you can insert yourself into, say, a digital marketing agency, for instance, which is what I did in the beginning. And then you realize like, oh, these are the automations and things that I need to set up in order to make this work, or, or these are the types of employees or contractors that I need, or this is how you should have gone about prospecting. So you get to see the inside of a business be- without actually having to build it from scratch yourself. That That's one thing. Another big thing, in my opinion, is that a true entrepreneur is somebody who is kind of like a director of a movie where they're not the ones that actually do the acting. They're not the ones that even raise the funds for the the movie. They're not the ones that write the script. They hire everybody else to do those things better than they could, but they orchestrate the whole thing. But in order to do that, they have to sell all those people on that vision. They have to have the skill of persuasion or influence. And furthermore, that, that's what an entrepreneur does, right? You have to sell your employees on the vision or you have to sell your customers on your product or service, or you have to sell your investors eventually, once you get big enough on investing into your company. And so at the end of the day, the entrepreneur is somebody that has that vision. They're a dreamer, but they orchestrate things, they bring things together. But in order to be effective at all of that, you have to be able to sell. And so that's why I think, and I've noticed this from so many entrepreneurs, you're even doing it yourself, right? Like you, you guys, you essentially have your own business where you, you help entrepreneurs find high ticket clients. And I've seen so many guys start in sales. Yeah. And then build a company based on the gaps that they saw in the market talking from customers, because you're at the front lines. And that's so important to be able to get that market research is to be able to talk to customers themselves. And so you realize what people actually want, because a lot of times these entrepreneurs will have this great business idea in their mind anyway, and they spend all this time building it only to realize that people don't want it or it's wrong or like it could have been better or whatever. But you wouldn't have had that problem if you were talking to the public the whole time you know anyway i could go on and on about why that's the case but i really believe that it is the g- gateway drug to entrepreneurship that's why you see guys like gary v yeah. or a warren um yeah warren buffett mark cuban even alex Ramosi yeah. um got started in sales and then they grow from there to what they are today i
1: mean yeah that's that's the uh, sales i would say actually mom and dad of any business <laughs> so Sales is the only, yeah. uh, uh, only like uh, department of uh, your business which will actually uh, put you, um, put you out there, right? Because no sales, no business. When you have like a lot of revenue coming in. Then you have uh, clients coming in. You're actually closing them and serving them. That's the only way you can actually go ahead and scale it and become an a- Alex or Mosey or Gary V. Uh, because they all started from here,
0: right? Yeah. If you don't have sales, you don't have a business.
1: Yeah. I I really want to put... (laughs)
0: You're just playing around at that point.
1: (laughs) True. I really want to put it uh, in a very simple way. uh, When you said like, um, do you think it's uh, the same thing in sales as an entrepreneur? So yeah, I mean, um, we, I would say for like the newer people, just like, let's talk about just the sales reps, affiliate marketers or uh, coaches or consultants uh, who, who are literally on their own, right? All they know is they they know like uh, some skill and they really want to do it, right? For them, it's really a trial and error kind of stuff. They would have to go ahead and, um, you mm-hmm. know, find a niche and then uh, go ahead and implement each and everything, whatever is coming into their mind. But if they have somebody who can actually go ahead and hold their hand and uh, can actually show them uh how exactly it's done, then it's a skills game, of course, otherwise they can actually do that by themselves as sure. well as a numbers game too so um of course, there's tons of videos out there, tons of things are there other than accountability and experience. So Google cannot provide you mm-hmm. that real experience and accountability, handholding support, just like a kid <laughs> uh, it's I, I always say this like accountability. To the people who really want to master and learn the right skill so they can make a better living for their family is just like that baby who's trying to learn the bicycle and you're just holding his seat from the back so they can actually start riding uh, that bike. And once they, they know they know, you can actually leave and ask them, go ride the bike now. You're ready to go. Go crush it. So absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what absolutely. my deck is in the, in very simple so guys.
0: Way. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I agree. A hundred percent. So guys, if you're listening and you're thinking about making the leap from employee to entrepreneur, the key is action, right? The key is implementation. Like, like he's saying. And so please, if you're thinking about making the leap, I highly implore you to do so. I really, really believe that the world needs more entrepreneurs. So please, make the transition from employee to entrepreneur and join me, join Newman. And um, guys, if you're listening to this on YouTube, I'd highly appreciate it if you give it a like and a subscribe or a v- review on Apple podcasts. I'm going to put a link it down below in the, the show notes, by the way, for our free discord group and our free newsletter. So you can get information about getting started in sales or getting started in entrepreneurship or meet other guys that are trying to do the same. So guys, thanks for listening. Please make the transition from employee to entrepreneur, and we will see you on the other side.